Well, can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we worship your name, God. Lord, there's none like you, God. There's none like you, God. Well, what a wonderful presence that we've already felt in this place. Amen. They, um, we've been, Danielle and, and I have, uh, have been in, in many, many different congregations. Um, I'm not like a world traveler, but in uh, many different places around the world. Uh, we've been in six different countries. And uh, I think it's always amazing that no matter where you go, no matter whether it's in the States, if it's overseas, if it's, if it's right here in your own state, if it, just wherever you're at, I've always found it really incredible that whenever you come into a church service, you begin to lift up the name of Jesus, that there's not a different feeling that I feel somewhere else. But whenever I step into the presence of God, that it always feels the same. There's always a comfort. There's always a peace that comes over me. It's always the same feeling. And I, I love it whenever I come into the house of God and I can begin to feel that same feeling again. That lets me know that we're serving the same God. Amen. That lets me know that, that the same God that's in Lebanon, that's overseas, that's in, that's in Carothersville, wherever I'm at, that same God is here tonight. And, and what's incredible is whenever I've made those trips, whenever I've gone places, I, I, I've, I've seen miracles happen. I've seen thousands at one time receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And whenever I'm into, in a place where I can feel that spirit, that lets me know that there's some great things that can happen if His people will open up and allow God to move and allow that Spirit to move into this place. There's great, miraculous things that can happen. And I'm so thankful to feel that presence, that presence here tonight. I want to say that it is, it is good to be in O'Fallon. And uh, we thank the Bufords for allowing us uh, to be here to speak tonight. And uh, we did have, a, have an incredible uh, session at uh, Element at the Youth Ministers Training Event, YMTE. Um, it's a mouthful. Yes, it is. But uh, we had an incredible time. Um, but it's always good to come and to be with, uh, with people of like precious faith. And uh, especially people like, uh, like Brother and Sister Buford. How many of you guys love Brother and Sister Buford? Amen, amen. Aren't they wonderful people? It's something that, I, uh, that I've always recognized and I've always appreciated is uh, Brother Buford's work ethic. Many people do not realize that, um, and I did not until I got onto the uh, youth committee, that uh, all of the things going on, all the people in the spotlight that are up there on the stage and all the stuff that's happening, that behind the scenes, Brother Buford and his team is back there making sure that everything is happening. And he doesn't need credit for it, and he doesn't come out and get a, get a hand clap or a trophy or anything at the end, uh, but he's back there just working. And I love that work ethic about your pastor. It's always been, uh, been incredible to watch and, and to see, and uh, we, we appreciate the opportunity to come here and to uh, to stand behind this sacred desk and to preach uh, to this church. We thank you for that. It's good to see my friend Jonathan Hara. I went to Bible college with uh, Jonathan, and uh, I appreciate his discretion with all the stories. And uh, just hang on to those. Just keep those locked away, and uh, we'll just uh, pretend they never happened. All right, buddy? Thank you so much for that. <laughs> um, if you can stand with me, we're going to get into the Word. It's good to have my wife here, Danielle. Um, 
we uh, I travel a little bit and preach, and uh, she doesn't always get to go with me to places, but she has recently uh, got a job to where she can travel and work, and she's been able to to do a little more, and it's so it's so great to have my wife with me tonight. In Judges chapter sixteen, verses twenty through twenty-two. Judges sixteen, verses twenty through twenty-two. I always feel like I, I forget to mention people. I want to say that uh, give a a, um, a word of appreciation to my pastor as well for allowing me to come and to speak tonight. We hold position in our church and there's always a little bit of a gap whenever we're not there and for him to allow us to come and speak I appreciate that Judges 16 20 through 22 I'm reading the ESV here says and she said and she said the Philistines are upon you talking about Delilah here Samson and he awoke from his sleep and said I will go out as at other times and shake myself free but he did not know that the Lord had left him. What a terrible place to be in for the Lord to leave you and not realize it. And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles. And he ground at the mill in the prison. Verse 22 says, But the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. I, um, tonight, for just a little bit, I want to speak to you. And I've, I've wrestled between uh, two sermons, two messages. I've, I've preached this other places. And, uh, but I felt like that this was something to, uh, for someone here, if not uh, others. Um, a message that that's, I, I honestly did not want to preach. I had something else that's a shout-down message that I wanted to preach. And, uh, but I, I really felt that it, it, it was important imperative tonight to preach to this congregation a message entitled, It's Not Over. It's Not Over. If we can, let's put down our Bibles, lift our hands one more time, and begin to pray to God that he would continue to move in this place. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, for what we've already felt in this house. Lord, for the things that you have done. Lord, and what you're continuing to do. I just pray, God, that your spirit would continue to move through this place. Lord, that we would receive from you, God, that hearts would be opened, that lives would be changed, Jesus. Use me tonight. Lord, place a special anointing upon me to preach your word. Lord, and that we would receive it, God, and that people would leave different than the way that they came. And if you're going to preach with me tonight, you may be seated. Amen, amen. So I know that we've been having some children's things going on around here uh, this week. Have you, have you guys enjoyed that? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it wasn't just this morning that y'all were asleep. We've uh, Some of y'all haven't woken up from your nap yet. <laughs> Did you guys enjoy the children's message and everything going on this week? Yeah? All right. It was fun, right? So I, uh, I was thinking, if you, are, if you are 15 and younger, 15 and younger, and you are a young man, I want you to stand for me. 15 and younger. Yeah, Brother Ron, sit down. <laughs> That's, that may be the only person here that I've already learned first name, gotten on a first name basis with him. I went back to give the media guys my scripture a little while ago, and he stopped me, wouldn't let me out of there, and said, did you not get the list of rules? One of the rules is you cannot be back here talking to these guys. <laughs> I won't tell you my response. <laughs> 
is this what we got? 15 and younger? All right. Here we go. We got one right back here. Let me see your muscles. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let me see the muscles. All right. Are y'all shy for the ever? If you're a young lady, I want you to close your eyes for a second so that they aren't all upset here. Let me see your muscles. Let me see what you got there. Yeah. I was noticing that this pulpit, you got some muscles back here, buddy? Let me see. Look, uh, now that's what I'm talking about. Right back here. Let me see those muscles. Woo! Look at that. Come on, come on. I was looking, and this pulpit's perfect right here for an arm wrestling match. But we aren't going to do that in the church tonight. You guys can be seated. Whenever you are around this age, you're, um, the way that you look and, and your strength means a whole whole lot to you. And um, But there, there comes a time whenever you realize that you are not as strong as you feel like you are or that maybe you even look. Has, has anyone, and this is not just the young men, but anyone in the room ever underestimated or overestimated your strength, your ability? Um I recently bought a barbecue trailer, and um, I, I thought to myself, I was loading it up, and I didn't get it just right. I didn't back the truck in just right, and I thought, well, I'll just move it over onto the uh, onto the truck. And uh, the grill won, and I moved the truck over a little bit, and I uh, got, got that hooked up. But there's times that we overestimate just how strong we are. And I, I want to tell you, young men, that you will never be strong enough to uh, take your dad You'll never be strong enough to take your dad. And then once you are strong enough, you'll be too wise to try. I heard a story recently from someone that the Bufords are even connected to of uh, a time that they uh, decided that they were going to try to take their dad and got one punch in and um, would have got in more except that he did not allow that to happen. And uh, this, this young man learned very quickly that uh, you're never strong enough to take your dad. But our text lets us know uh, this evening uh, of a man, a man named Samson, that um, we've probably all heard about from our childhood forward, about a, a strong young man that, that, was, that never overestimated his strength. The Bible says that he took this Nazarite vow, and because of that, he did not cut his hair, which, which allowed him to have some supernatural strength, a supernatural strength that, that could not be overestimated. Anything that he wanted to do, any, any feat that he wanted to try to make, he was able to do it because of this supernatural strength that came over him. This is a story of a young man with a with promise and, and favor on his life. He, he took this vow and he made a covenant that he that he would give uh, that he would give portions of his life and he would make sacrifices so that a supernatural strength and a supernatural power would come upon him. A strength that could not be matched and a power that could not be be beat. He was a real life superhero. The Bible talks about many things that he did, talking about taking up uh, uh, gates of a city and marching them up a hill and, and placing them down. We're not talking about the gate on your fence to let you into the backyard. We're talking about gates to a city that were designed to hold out armies. He plucked them up and carried them up a hill. He was incredibly strong. A young man who, who, who eventually, eventually, unfortunately, gives up his power and his ability. He makes a swap with the world and says, there's something that I'm willing to give this thing up for. Samson was chosen for greatness. 
He was chosen for greatness. And there was something that was different about him than other people. And, and honestly, as, as apostolic Pentecostals, as, 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 as oneness believers, as, as chosen people of God, we are in a lot of ways just like Samson is. As an apostolic Pentecostal and as a child of God and as a Christ follower, whatever you want to call yourself, there's something different that's about us. There's something different about us. There, there's a commitment that we have made and there's a covenant that we have taken and a life of sacrifice and consecration that draws a line and sets us apart from the world. Has anybody made that commitment? Has anybody taken that covenant and said, there's some things I'm going to separate myself from the world. There's some things that I'm going to, I'm going to look different and I'm, I'm going to talk different and I'm going to walk different. Are there some people here that have taken that? That have said, I'm going to live a different type of life. It's something that makes us us look different. It makes us go different places than we used to. It makes us hold different conversations and and maybe some jokes that we don't laugh at at anymore because we're different people. There's something that we've done that separated us. And, And somewhere between his sacrifice and our obedience there there is a power and an authority that begins to come upon us that is granted to us through the name of Jesus I, I, I want you to understand tonight and 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 I'm I'm, I'm probably going to get get myself into where I'm preaching both of these sermons here but you just bear with me but there is a power and there is an authority that comes over each and every one of us through the name of Jesus how many of you believe that, that, that God the Father created the earth? Created the earth, right? He had all power to speak and, and, and things came into existence. We, we read that in the Bible and we know that it's true and we believe that. We believe that. How many of you know that Christ, God robed in flesh, came onto the earth and he walked and he performed miracles and there was nothing that he could not do. There was nothing that he could not do. And then we know that he was, he was raised up. He was ascended into heaven. And the Spirit of God came down to dwell within us. And that the same power of God the Father that speaks, that was able to speak things into existence, that said, let there be light in the midst of darkness, and there was light. The same Jesus, the same Jesus that walked on the earth and could perform any type of miracle, that that spirit dwells within us as Holy Ghost individuals. But for some reason, we walk around earth like we don't have power, and like the enemy has more power than we have. But at no point in time would we say Jesus could be defeated but for some for some reason we look at ourselves and pastor we say you know what I, I just can't do that we let ourselves look through a lens of carnality and the flesh and we let the enemy tell us that we have no power and we have no authority but I'm telling you as apostolic Holy Ghost filled individuals there is a power and there is an authority that is flowing through young people I want you to understand whenever you walk through your schools whenever you go to your home there is a power and there is an authority that flows through you I want to tell each and every one of you as you walk into your work 
There's not a person there that has more power or more authority than you have whenever you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I feel like what we need are some more apostolics to understand who we are, to understand our power, to understand our authority, to understand what God wants for us and what God has got for us to do. The big difference... The big difference between Samson and us is that Samson knew his power. Samson knew how strong he was. But for some reason, we get into this mindset and we get into this idea that, that, that and I, I don't want to explain it all over again, but, but God, God who created the earth and Jesus who walked on the earth and, and, and did all the miracles and, and died for us, raised from the dead, that that spirit, that same power, that same ability lives within us. If we have the Holy Ghost, I heard an evangelist some time ago, I can't take credit for this, but he, he, he said so many times, we come to the altar and we lift our hands and we say, God, give me, God, give me, God, give me. God, give me the power to, to, to be able to make it through this. God, God, help me to be able to. And, and, and God has already given us everything that we need to be able to make it. If we would just understand, if we could have a renewing of the mind to, for us to understand the power and the authority that we have to speak to demons, to speak to spirits, to speak to those things that are coming again. I, I don't think you understand. You're not getting it. You're going to make me stay right here all night long trying to explain it to you. All right? We have a power and an authority for us to be able to speak to anything that is coming against us. And you know what it has to do? It has to obey us as long as we are invoking the name of Jesus. Demons flee. Sickness goes. Everything that we need, God is willing to give if we will understand and invoke the name of Jesus. We find so many times in scripture where Jesus lays his hands or uses his hands or stretches out his hands and great miraculous things happen. But I want you to understand that whenever the Spirit of God, whenever he ascended, the Spirit of God came back down into us. That the power that was within his hand was transferred into his name. And that whenever we have the Spirit of God in us, and we invoke the name of Jesus, that all power in heaven and in earth, the authority that comes in that name, that was in his name, that was in his hand for him to do the miracles, now rest within us through his name to be able to do anything that we need. But for some reason, for some reason, we keep walking around with our head down, thinking the world has more power, thinking that the enemy is scared of witches and warlocks. But I want you to understand that we have more power than anything that this world could ever produce if we could just understand and tap into it and begin to work in the miraculous. If the Holy Ghost is in us, we are able to do a miraculous, powerful work. But the enemy, the enemy has a way of making us think that when we mess up and I, I, I truly believe I truly believe that, that as, as apostolics as, as, as Christ followers Holy Ghost filled individuals 
that we believe in everything that I just said. That we believe that there is power, that there is ability, that there is an authority that we can operate in. But so many times, I, th- this, this has been on me so hard, and, and it's something that I've dealt with in my life, and I think it's something that's plaguing our churches, is that we get into a mindset of, well, I've made a mistake. Something has happened in my life. Something ha- has been going on, and, and I, I've slipped up. I I thought something I shouldn't have. I I said something. There's no way that God will use me now. I'm just going to go with the flow. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go home. I'm just going to. I'm just going to go with the flow. I'm just going to live like 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 everybody else does, and and we're we're just going to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's power. There's authority, and that's good for all these other people. But God's not going to use me like that anymore. God's not going to do the work through me anymore because of something that I have done and this is a trick of the enemy this is something that the enemy has put into our minds and has caused us to be these people that just come to church and and just sit on the pew and and never operate in the way that God has designed us to operate he said whenever we receive the Holy Ghost that we're going to receive power that, that we're going to receive power to be witnesses to him. But so many times we just find ourselves going with the flow, walking in life and just, and, and just trying to figure out the next big thing that we could do and just whatever and not, not really operating the way that God wants us to operate. And I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I really feel like so many times, and I've, I've struggled with this in my past, that, that so many times that, that, that it's because we feel like a past failure. A past mistake, a problem, something that has come over us has caused us to be outside of where God wants us to be and that he will not use us anymore. We find that this is just a a part of humanity where Adam and Eve are in the garden and they're they're walking with God and and, and, and it's, it's utopia. It's exactly what God expected and wanted for man. And they mess up. They sin. And where do we find them? Hiding. Hiding from the presence of God because of a failure, because of a mistake. Peter denies Christ. He's crucified. Peter goes, where does he go? He goes back fishing. Back from Christ and and, and, and the things that Christ was teaching to what he was doing before, hiding Hiding from the things of God. But I want you to know that the things, the things that, that may have happened in your past that have caused you to believe that you can't do what God wants you to do or you can't have everything that God has for you. There's, there's some things that have happened that have scarred you. I, again, I, I've, I've never worked in the prophetic. I've never been able to look out, and, and I know all of you right now are like, thank God. I've never been able to look out in the crowd and see someone and God say, that person, but boom, boom, boom. But I'm telling you, there's someone here. To, I could not shake this sermon. I've, I've got something else that I really, really, really wanted to preach, but I, I could not shake this because there's someone or some people here tonight that need to know that no matter what the world has told you, no matter what the enemy has tried to convince you, no matter what's come against you, it's not over. 
It's not over. There's still a work that God has for you. There's still something that he wants you to do. There's still a call on your life. And God is just waiting for you to understand that once he calls you, once he directs you, once he puts you on the path, that he's not going to take it from you. But what he's waiting on is for you to understand that there, that he is a God of redemption, that he wants to do the work, that he wants to do something in your life. It's not over. Understand it's not over. We, we've got to get past this. We've got to get past this mindset, this, this idea that once I, once I slip up, that once I mess up, that, that once, once something comes over me and, 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 and I, I make a mistake, that, that, the, that the presence of God has left me and will not come back to me. As a young man... The hand of God was placed on Samson. He was given direction of what to do so that the Spirit of God would be upon him. Samson goes as a young man into his adult years working within the realm of the supernatural. Doing things with the power and the Spirit of God on his life. However, one day he meets this girl named Delilah. And Delilah then tries multiple times to get Samson to tell where his strength Come, came from and finally Samson I've, I've never really understood why but, but she would, he would tell her something and he'd wake up and it'd be done to him I, first time I'd have been like girl you're gone alright except you Danielle I love you first time I'd have been like girl you're gone and, but he over and over he comes back and he says he, he tells her something else and she does it finally for whatever reason, he reveals the source of his power. And Delilah strips him of that source, cuts his hair. And Samson, the Bible says Samson does not even know the Spirit of God had left him. And just like before, the Philistines come upon him. And this time they overtake him and they bind him and they pluck out his eyes. And they put him in a prison, grinding at the mill. And, and Samson, Samson once a strong man. Once a man used in the gifts and, and used with supernatural power and authority, working in the Spirit of God, is now bound by his enemy, forced to do whatever they tell him to do. In a prison, doing the work of animals. But the best part of the story, the best part of this story, I remember where I was whenever I read this and, and, and the scripture the scripture just, it stood out to me so heavily. And, and, and maybe it was something I needed at the time, but I'm, I'm wanting to share it with someone tonight. The best part of this story says that he, as he is in the prison, damaged, broken, bruised, alone, doing the work of an animal, captured by his enemy, the Bible says that his hair began to grow again. That the source of his strength began to come back upon him one more time. His source of power began to be evident upon him once again. My question, my question that I have whenever I read this, and I remember where I was, we were at North American Youth Congress, I believe it was 2009, maybe 2011, I believe it was 2009, and I was in the room and I was reading the scripture and I showed it to, my, to, to, to Danielle and I said, I guess it was 2011 because we were married. I showed it to my wife and uh, we were definitely not in the same room before we were married. 2011. <laughs> We were at Youth Congress, and, 
and I read this and I showed it to her and I said, why, why did they allow for his hair to grow back? It had been revealed to them where his strength was. They had cut the hair off. His strength had left him. They plucked out his eyes. They placed him in the prison. He was doing the work of an animal. But there was no one that their job was given to make sure that his hair never grew back. It seems to me that there would be a guard, that there would be someone, someone off the street, that they would go out and they would say, would you like a job for the rest of your life, for the rest of his life, your job will be every morning to get up, to sharpen your razor, and to shave his head. And make sure for the rest of his life that his strength never comes back upon him. But they don't do it. Why? Why did they not? I asked Daniel, I said, Daniel, if you see, why did they not make sure that his hair did not grow back? How careless were they? How could they be so careless to allow the thing that held his strength to come back upon him? And I believe what happened in the story of Samson is what happens to some powerful apostolics every day. That the enemy comes upon us, that we don't realize our strength or, or, or in a moment of weakness we give up what our strength is. And they come in and they convince us that we are nothing. They bind us up. They cast us down. They put us in a prison of our own mind doing the work of animals, and we begin to get into a mindset of defeat. I really believe that, that, that the enemy did not, that the Philistines did not think that they had to worry about Samson any longer, not because his hair was gone, but because they had him in a mindset of defeat. And I, I, I know this is, a, this is a difficult thing to, nobody's going to raise their hand right now. Brother Randall, I'm in a mindset of defeat. No, nobody wants to admit that. But there's so many people, there's so many people throughout life, and, and I've been there, where you're in a mindset of defeat. Where you're in a mindset where even if the Spirit comes upon you, you feel good in church. But as soon as you walk back out into the world, you're like, well, this is the world again. And uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna slip on through here, and uh, you think you come back to church, and within these four walls, man, we're shouting and we're excited, and the spirit of God is moving on us, and then we walk back out into the world, and this this mindset of defeat comes back on us again, where the where the world has more power and the world is more more able to do things than we are. I'm telling you right now that we have all power in heaven and her and earth that was placed in the hand of Jesus was trans. Transferred to his name. And if we as oneness apostolics would get out of a mindset of defeat and get into a mindset and an understanding of who we are and the power that we have. There came a day, there came a day whenever Samson, whenever Samson was brought out of the prison and he was brought down. He was brought down to the place where, where they were worshiping this God, this God Dagon. And they were worshiping him. And the Bible says that they began to make sport with Samson. They began to make fun of him. You see, the enemy, the enemy doesn't know when to stop. The enemy gets us to a place where we're in a mind of defeat. 
And then he pushes it a step further. And he wants us to consistently and always feel like that we are not able to do anything that God has for us to do. He wants to take that open wound and pour a little salt in it, right? But I believe that there is someone, if not many here tonight, that want to be used by God, that want to do a great work, that want to do the work that God has designed you to do, that want to experience everything that God has for you. But the enemy has trapped your mind and has made you feel like there's no way that God will ever use you the way that he wants to use you. I really, I really believe, and I hope I'm not missing this by a long shot, but I believe that there's, there's some people here tonight that need to know that no matter what the enemy's telling you, it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, it's not over. It's not over. They bring him down. They bring him down. And they set him here. They set him in this place. And I'm, I'm closing up. I'm going to wrap up if my piano player can come. They set him in this place. And they began to make sport with him. And they began to, to cause him to, to feel these feelings. That he's, not only is he powerless. Not only is he powerless. Is he blind and forced to do this work. He's in a mindset of defeat. But now they're, they're making fun of him. They're making him to play games and do all these, all these crazy things that reminds him or lets him know that not only does he not have power, but that he will never, he will never be able to defeat them again. But the Bible says that he prays, God, let the Spirit, let your Spirit, let your strength, let your power, come back on me one more time and we know we know in this story that Samson Samson he pushes the pillars of the walls and Samson Samson dies in the story but the Bible says that in his death in his death that he killed more of the Philistines and of his enemy than he ever killed in his life now in constructing this sermon, that, that was a curveball for me. And I was thinking, how am I, I'm saying it's not over. But for Samson, it was kind of over. And I, I prayed about this, and I almost scrapped it. And God spoke to me, and he said, you got to understand, there's, there, there's some things in our lives that we've got to kill out. There's some flesh that we've got to kill out. Sometimes we've got to kill out to ourselves. We were singing the song, exalting God. He must increase, but we must decrease. There's a mindset that we've got to kill out. There's some flesh and there's some things in us that we've got to kill out. And in our death, in our death, God is able to do such a mighty, incredible work that he was never able to do in our life. And I'm not talking about our physical life here talking about in our spiritual in our spiritual life that if we can if we can take these mindsets these ideas and this flesh 
And we can kill it out of us and we can, we, can, we can turn away from thinking the way that the world wants us to think and begin to think according to the word of God and according to the things of God. There's a mighty work that God wants to do in your life. And there's a mighty work that God wants to do through you. But it's going to take us to have a renewing of the mind, of the mind, for us to understand that there's still a work that God wants to do in your life. There's still something amazing that God wants to do through you, in you, in your home, in your schools, young people, that God wants to do at your workplace. But we've got to understand, and we've got to have the, the, the understanding and the ability to be able to cut some things out of our life in the flesh and to be able to allow more room for the Spirit to grow within us. And in our death, in the death of our flesh, in the death of, uh, of me and the things that I want, and the birth and the rejuvenation of the Spirit, there's a mighty work that God is wanting to do through us. But we have to begin to look, to get out of the mindset of defeat and the mindset of being torn down and to understand and believe of what God is wanting to do in our life and is able to do through us. We've got to see things through his eyes. If you'll stand with me tonight, uh, there's, a, there's a story that I, I just, it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible because it helps me to understand the power of God and the fact that he always knows where we are and he is always able to fight on our behalf. 2 Kings chapter 6, one of my favorite stories. Elisha has been helping Israel by feeding them information against the Syrian army. And the Syrians find out Elisha's location and they decide they're going to take him out. And they send chariots and horses. The king of Syria says chariots and horses. And a great army, the Bible says, to encamp around them where they are. Elisha and his servant. They came by night, surrounded his location. And the Bible says that in the morning, Elisha and his servant get up and his servant goes out. And the first thing he sees, and I can just imagine him making his cup of coffee. All right, and he says, what a good day to be following the man of God. And he walks outside and he stretches. He takes a deep breath, sip of his coffee, and he looks up. And the mountains are full, surrounding him, surrounding him are the chariots and the horses and a great army from Syria. The world, the world, their enemy had gotten them, gotten this servant to a place where he felt defeated. He runs back in and he tells Elisha, he says, what are we going to do? Actually, he says, how are we going to do? I'm not sure that that's good English. How are we going to do this thing? And... Elisha, I, I love this. I was telling, I was talking about this to Danielle this afternoon, and I just began to cry as I was talking about it because it, it's so important for us to understand and to begin to see through the eyes of Christ. Elisha says, There are more for us than are against us. And this servant, he's, he, he's like, There's two of us. Sir, you have not seen the army yet. You should go take a look at it. 
But he said, there are more for us than are against us. And Elisha prays that his servant's eyes are open for him to see according to the spirit and not just the flesh. And as he walks out, the Bible says that he looks out and the mountains are now full of chariots with fire. And a host of angels are encamped around them and he begins to see that there are more for them than there are against them and I want to speak to someone right now that is, that's in this mindset of defeat and that's beginning to think I'll never do the things that God wants me to do and I can never act the way that God wants me to act and I don't understand it and, and I can't get it I'm not going to do it I want you to understand there are more that are fighting for you there are more that are on your side than those who are against you there is more power that is within your hand there is more power that is within you than this world will ever be able to bring against you right now I want someone I want someone I want some people who are saying you know what I I, I want to live the way God wants me to live I'm not going to live in a spirit of defeat anymore to step forward to come to this altar and begin to lift your hands and proclaim it in the name of Jesus for God to baptize you with that spirit for you to be able to walk out of this place with your head held high and understanding that there is a great work that needs to be done. There's something amazing that needs to happen and the only way that I'm going to be able to do it is to get out of a mindset of defeat and begin to walk according to the way that God would have me to walk. Come on, we're going to break down some things tonight. We're going to destroy some things tonight. We're going to walk according to the Spirit and kill out that flesh. Right now, come around this altar. Let's begin to pray to God. Let's begin to pray to God right now in the name of Jesus. God is on our side. He has overcome. Yes, He has overcome. We will not Come on, be there's shaken. nothing that you cannot do if you're doing it through the name of Jesus, Jesus and the power of the authority of Christ. Right now, someone tap.